Hey, this is Sean the Mouse Strauss from Lens and the Mouse, and today I'm going to interview my co-host, and we'll see what kind of answers he can come up with to my questions. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you can speak. You are aware of this. Yeah. Let's get into it. Today, I thought that uh, we'd take some time and uh, see if uh, we can let the people who listen know a little bit more about you specifically today. Uh, Let's see if they like that. <laughs> should be fun. Yeah. Oh, so are you originally from Wisconsin? Yes, I'm originally from Wisconsin. I was born in Madison. Been here your whole life? Whole life. Wow. Lived here a long time. So, obviously, you know, going back to our first episode, we talked about the origin of our friendship. Yeah. And we met as security guards yeah. uh, working at the bank. Mm-hmm. Were you always, like, interested in security or police work or anything well, like that? You know, now that you kind of bring that up. I don't want to go too much on a tangent or a spiel, but um, so 9-11 happened, and after that, I wanted some way, because I was still, like, this is, like, I think when 9-11 happened, it was, like, still high school, so I wasn't, I couldn't necessarily join the military at that point. Uh, Would have been junior year. Yeah, junior year, but just saying, like, I was still technically in high school, and I kind of been looking at, like, police and things like that, and, and fires, you know. Tried the fire thing. I actually went out one time and like did like a fire thing one day. The hose thing was a lot of work, you know, in a time where you're yeah, gonna rather. So I decided maybe I'll try the police thing. So then I became a uh, a police explorer where I learned a lot of law enforcement things. Did ride-alongs, got some law enforcement training, different stuff. Good program, by the way. But anyways, that's when I started to get into the whole security, police, you know, that avenue. So. Can you kind of explain what the Police Explorer program is? Um, so it's ages 14 to 21, and it gives kids an opportunity to learn law enforcement. Um, a lot of police explorers end up becoming police officers, either with an organization or um, wherever they might go. Um, you're basically, it's like going to the police academy before the police academy. I mean, like... Right now, I'm out of touch with it, because if I was to go now, it's been a long time since I've done it, but I've been through some of the similar training, so like I've done building searches, I've done a thing that's called the uh, FATS machine, which is like a big video green screen, and you got to like, you know, you got a fake, fake weapon, and you're giving orders, and the screen's, it's supposed to dictate your voice, so, and you're telling somebody, get back, get down, whatever, that the screen is supposed to acknowledge that. I did have, I remember my first time using that machine, and uh, I'll give a little story here. So I'm approaching the screen or whatever. The guy's like laying on the ground. So I think he's dead. Supposed to be dead, right, or something, because he's just laying on the ground. He gets up, and he shoots. And I'm like, yeah, not cool, right? But then I've had other ones where there's been a domestic scenario. And I had one where um, I was an advisor, 
So that means I became the guy that kind of helped instruct and helped be the bad guy in certain scenarios, role play. But anyways, using the fast machine. So this guy gets out of the car and he comes charging at me. And all I can see is a black object in his hand. So I shot him. But keep in mind, this is a fast machine. But in my mind, I thought he had a weapon and it looked like a gun to me. So I shot him. This is a fast machine. It's, <laughs> but obviously, that's the, what I'm talking about. People don't realize that police, law enforcement, military, they have to make split-second decisions out there. So you uh, get what? 10 minutes to sit there and review a videotape online that sits there and says these type of things. But in real life, when this happens, you get a second to make a decision over life and death. So I, was it a, what was it? Simulated. Well, did he have a weapon? Like no, he had, I think it was his cell phone or something. It was like, I can't remember what it was towards the end, but it wasn't a gun. But he just, there's this guy charging at me, and I interpret it as, it looked like a firearm, because all I saw was, a, like, it looked like a barrel to me. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, you're charging at me with a gun. Deadly force. You know? Um, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, and like you, you said. You can kind of attest to this a little bit, maybe, but. Well, some of the security training I've done, yes. Yeah. Um, you have a split second, you know, to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you know, you get those people that are, have all the time in the world to, you know, tear it down. But they don't understand that in right. that moment, you have to make a split second decision. There's a difference between a guy coming at you with a weapon, right? And a guy that's running away with a weapon. Now, if she's running away and you shoot him in the back as a cop, I'm sorry. I don't have much sympathy for you there. Okay, because now you're just... But, on the flip side of that, okay, let's just throw this up there. If guy has a weapon, okay, man, woman, whatever, has the weapon in their hands, they are now going into a school zone. Guess what? It now becomes a greater threat. Whether it's a knife, whether it's a gun, whether it's whatever. Because now you don't know the intangibles, right? You could be trying to go shoot somebody or whatever. It's life-threatening. But anyways, sorry, <laughs> I went off on a tangent. It's ages 14 to 21, and they just get to, get to do, like, ride-alongs, some different training, and just some cool things. So how did you get involved with it? Like, um, Honestly, I had a friend at the time that was in it. I just got to talking with him, and that's how I got into it. Um, so is it offered through, like, a school system? or? Um, so I found out through him. Um, I found out through him, kind of, and then from there, he kind of got me in. Now, they do kind of like, nowadays, I think they post it up on their websites. You can find it online. It's through the Boy Scouts of America. Really? So, yeah, I mean, it starts yeah. there, but, like, it's not officially, like, a Boy Scout thing. It's just that, like, somehow they help with the funding or whatever, you know what I mean? I don't really know how it all works, but I, I, it's I'm similar just... to that. It's kind of strange. I grew up in the Scouts, and yeah, you never I, heard I, about it probably I, until I until I met entity. you. Yeah, until I met you, I'd wow. never heard of it. Yeah, man. So it's it's not like how do I explain? It's just like that second entity, probably. You're not gonna really well, know about it, know about it. You know what I mean? Because they actually have fire <laughs> explorers too. You know that? I, okay. The more I think about it, yeah. that's not entirely accurate. I I do believe a friend of mine did it as well. Yeah. But he didn't really talk about it, so it was like one of those that was kind yeah. of like in passing. I had heard about it. So yeah. Um, I mean, because I, I was with uh, when I was an explorer, I was with the Sun Prairie Police Department, 
and then Sun Prairie Draft the program, and then it became the Dane County Sheriff's Office. So I spent some time with Sun Prairie, and I spent some time with Dane County. So pretty cool stuff. I got a chance to do a ride alongs and uh, got to do a ride along with the K9 unit, which was pretty cool in Dane County. So I did that a couple times actually. I've been with Madison a few times with their K9 as well. So pretty pretty cool stuff. But I mean. If you're really interested in that world and law enforcement, it's a good place to start. Now, Sun Prairie has a youth academy. They don't really have the Explorer program anymore, but it's similar. You get to do cool stuff. Um, they go through interrogations, training, just everything we used to do. So, um, yeah, it's fun. Especially if you want to go into law enforcement. It really gives you an insight to all that. Um, so, from what it sounds like... Uh, you know, granted, I don't know much about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess for me to equate it to something, you, you kind of said it was like going to the academy before the academy. Right. So I would equate that as, you know, I, I was in the military. Right. So I would equate that as, you know, like junior ROTC. Yeah. A lot similar, to, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. I mean, it just gives you, a, I guess it gives you a glimpse. You know what I mean? And to... This way, you're not actually really getting shot at, obviously. You know what I mean? And, and you know what I mean? Like, you just get the real training of everything. I don't think you're getting shot at in junior ROTC. <laughs> well, maybe you are. I don't know. <laughs> but not only that, you get to also sometimes, like, you know, I, when I became an advisor, I got to play the bad guy. So that was that was a fun part, getting to mess with them a lot. So they're doing traffic stops, and I can be a real jerk if I want to be. I don't have to be a jerk, but, you know. I can play it by ear. If they're not doing things how they should be doing things, I can really mess without that. You know, so. so how did you become an advisor? Just um, my, just my time. You know what I mean? I, I aged out a little bit. It got to the point where I was getting older, and I just decided to stay on. They, they asked me to. You know what I mean? And I just stepped up and became an advisor um, um, with the group. And I really I miss it a little bit. <laughs> Now, it's weird talking about it now, but I might get back into it. If they need, like, a, somebody to just role-play with somebody with a certain post, I'd go back and do it. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, because I remember when I was doing a fake traffic stop, you know, whatever traffic stop, when I was an explorer. Um, so this was on the receiving end, obviously. So it was like, pull them over, okay? Like, keep in mind, okay, got the car stopped, whatever. They start running around the car. They start just running around in circles run the car that is called the chinese fire Fire drill drill. yes exactly so they just start running around the car and i'm looking up and i'm like oh so then i'm like okay get back in the vehicle get back in the vehicle then they get back in the vehicle and they get back in the vehicle then they do it again so it forces me to get out of the car to kind of finish the traffic stop so So, have you ever done a chinese fire drill Uh uh-uh it's kind of interesting I wanted to as the bad guy when I got to got to do that. Kind of weird. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. So you're <laughs> why? I guess what happened? Like why wouldn't you? I mean, did, didn't you go to school for like criminal justice? I did. You talking about why am I not taking it that that avenue? Like yet? yeah, why haven't you? Pursue. That is a very great question for me. It's still a potential, I guess. I just know I'm talking to a lot of law enforcement people. Um, and it's hard on families. It's hard on life. Um, right now, with everything going on, I bet it, right. I mean, it's hard on the individual. 
but it's still so out there. Scrutiny. I guess I have a hard time believing in the justice system right now. Like, I want to be a cop to make a difference, but I feel like we arrest somebody, they get put in the system, they come back out, they get put back in the system, and it's just this revolving door, the same stuff going on and on and on and on and on, and there's nobody out here fixing it. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I, I do. Think I, I believe in rehabilitation a little bit, in a way, if people can be rehabilitated. Um, but I'm, on the flip side of that, I'm going to try to choose my words here carefully. Um, Madison, in general, has become a huge problem with crime lately. I think they need to step up a little bit and just put the you know nozzle, maybe more law and order at this point. They do a lot of community policing, but they're just kind of letting things, you know, I mean, I, we've talked about this. They're letting things slide a lot. But anyways, I'm getting into a whole new area. I'm just saying, like, yeah, you I, asked me a question, no, I, I, I know, I know. I know. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, one thing we've said we wanted to try to avoid yeah. on this channel is, is yeah. politics and, and stuff like that, which, really unfortunately... politics, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of getting a little bit there. But, but I, I think... I think the major problems in, in since we're talking about it, you know, the yeah. legal system, police system does kind of revolve around politics. Yeah. Um, so it's not something I really want to dive into because, yeah, obviously I'd like to stay away Just from politics. To fresh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, just curious as to why you haven't, you know, you've had plenty of security jobs. I know yeah. that. So it's still out there. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Um, I looked online. There's a dozen correction officer open means right now. I mean, I might even consider that. I actually applied and interviewed with um, the. I remember you telling me this, but it was a while ago. A very long time, long time ago. ago yeah. um, and that is the most. I, I don't even know what word I'm looking for exactly, but normally, if I go into a job and, and you know do the interview and all that, I can usually gauge kind of how well or bad things went right um I, I couldn't tell i walked in there was three people sitting at a table they each took turn asking me like five questions a piece all right yeah these are the board and uh, yes <laughs> and yeah, those are tough like luckily they had given me a sheet of the questions they that they were going to ask so right. I could look at this, mm -hmm. figure out exactly what my answer was going to be. They'd ask the question. I'd answer. Immediately, I'm looking at the next question. And it was just like I could not gauge how it went at all. Mm -hmm. um, very intimidating. Right. Which, you got five people sitting you down, and they're all kind of staring at you, looking at you for that answer. So Yeah. I, I know, man. It, so, I passed, so I passed the test. I... Uh, applied for the Dane County Sheriff's Office opening for like becoming a deputy passed the written test so when I moved on to stage two which was the interview so if you're going to go for Dane County Sheriff's um, I don't know how every department does it but they give you these personality tests before you even take the interview which I think is just stressful as heck because it asks you the same question what, six different ways six different ways so it's like, if you saw a dollar, would you turn it in? You know, or whatever, you know what I mean? They're, they're trying to test your character. It's just like, and so they'll, they'll, they'll kind of, they'll, they'll move the words around to make it 
the seeds are still answering the same way. You know what I mean? But so that that's kind of stressful, you know, just because you're like, you have that, and then you go into the interview room, and like you just said, and now you have five people all staring yeah. at you, asking you questions, and you really don't know. Like some of these questions are just like hard because they're not asking you what a typical like interview, especially for law enforcement and corrections, they're very pinpointed oh, on their questions. Very pinpointed. Like they want to know what's your thought on community policing or whatever it might be, and and yeah. if you're somebody have you ever had somebody have issues like a manager or somebody well how, how which is is kind of a general interview question but yeah i i know what you, i know i know yeah. what you're saying they like yeah. the, those the correctional one was very pinpointed very you know job specific mm-hmm. i guess is the way i'd put it which right. in all honesty it should be right you know so what made you decide Police say over fire. <laughs> Police over fire. Um, honestly, at the time, I was like, man, that that hose thing I told about, told you about earlier. I just thought it was a lot. Like at the time, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this fast enough. Like you know, you're wrapping up the hose and you're just like doing the exercise itself. I was like, I don't know if I can do that fast enough. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, I was, so that on, was just I an was example. On the, I was on the fire department in some prairie. Yeah, for I remember you telling me that. So you know what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly I don't what know, you're talking about. I don't know if I can do all that. But, you know, police work, it, it's, it's just as physical, but it's a different type of physical. Now you're going to deal with people, you know what I mean, in general. Yeah. But I don't know. Fire was out there, but I just, I like law enforcement better just because it's a little bit more stuff going on and things, you you know, to do. Like, you, you do stuff as a fire guy, but, like, police, it just seems to be more in-depth, you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing as a firefighter? You're going to put out fires. You're going to save people. You're going to help people. But it's still kind of the same generic stuff in a way. I mean, you're dealing with well, different things in context, but... Well, I have I have the utmost yeah. respect for yeah. fire, I do too. police, military, uh, obviously military. I was in the military. Right. Um, but being on the fire department, at least as a volunteer. Now, yeah. full-time firefighters, I'm sure there's more to it. But as a volunteer firefighter working, you know, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., if we didn't have a call, we were sitting at the firehouse. I'd get bored. You know, as opposed to, I would imagine, police that are out there patrolling, (laughs) driving around, which can probably get a little dull after a while. But, you know, you're actually out there. You're, you know, in the community talking. Um, Between the the two of them, I Maybe it's because I was on the fire department. Yeah, I don't know, but I'd have to pick fire over police. That's fine. To each um, own, uh, yeah, you know. But like I said, I have the utmost respect for all of them. Right. Yeah. Um, and I respect you know respect you for saying that. But that's kind of where I'm going with everything. You know what I mean? That's kind of yeah. I. Th- it's still out there for me. Like there's still a possibility for me joining up and. So I I know, like with the military, there are like, age limits mm-hmm. you know to to be able to enlist uh in, in whatever branch I, I, is there that with like the police department no. or no i mean i've seen i've heard truckers 45 50 years old applying to police departments or sheriff's office you know because what they do is they'll take and that's what's kind of cool they want that life experience and they don't care what you've done you could have been well a that, teacher that might <laughs> If you've done something bad, they might. Well, not. yeah, but I'm saying job-wise, career-wise, that's what I mean. Like, 
like it's just so diverse with some departments you know what i mean yeah people have been a trucker for like 10 years or something you know <laughs> or maybe they've worked in special education maybe they worked whatever they did but it's about that experience you know what i mean i think i'd make a great candidate because of my security background working with people just in different diversities so but yeah it's just i don't know i don't like the idea of let's lock them up and throw them away necessarily and it just seems like a repetitive door and then i say that but then i see what's happening in madison and there's not like enough law and order too so i think we need a double dose of both somehow you know if things are getting bad then you need more law and order if things are going okay bring in that community policing anyways (laughs) (laughs) sorry folks got off on tangents Next That's question. not really a tangent. You did, I asked Answer. a question, you answered. It was just a long, drawn-out answer. Orange juice. <sighs> Sorry. So, all right. Next question. Would you, you run for president? Oh, <laughs> Would I run for president? Huh. Man, that's big shoes to fill. Yeah, I'll run for president. Yeah, I will. Cool. You can be my vice. Well, fine. You can be uh, the Secretary of Defense or whatever that is. <laughs> so, if you could mm-hmm. live anywhere, oh God, anywhere in the world, where and why? Hmm. Well, I gotta think about that. You might as well call me SpongeBob because I live in the sea. Or under the sea. So I'd live anywhere next to the ocean if I could. Now, so I don't know if there's like one particular. Dubai would be kind of cool, I think. I'll, I'll say there. Just because of things that you've kind of talked about, you know, a little bit. And uh, stuff like that. So, what, you know. So the groundhog. What are your takes on the groundhog? Punxsutawney Phil. <laughs> the groundhog? <laughs> what? <laughs> what about what am I supposed to comment on the groundhog? Do you think he's an accurate weather forecaster? Ah, I'll give the guy a shot. Why not? I mean, what is it? You know, we could try different animals maybe, see how it works. We get a monkey next year, and then after that, you get a giraffe. Whatever. That'd be a long shadow. Long shadow. <laughs> I mean, you got me. <laughs> next uh, question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> move along, move along, move along. Yes. So where do you see yourself five years from now? Where do I see myself five years from now? 2027. Oh, I don't know yet. I mean, ideally... Wow, that's a tough question you're asking right there. Man, you got a tough one. Where do I see myself in five years from now? Well, I hope to have a family. I hope to be married again. Honestly, I'm being honest with you right now. Um, and to be in a good marriage and yeah, have bad, a house. Bad ones are never fun. Yeah, been down that road. So, I mean, five years from now, I just hope to have those things in my life. I mean, I'm at the point where I like I don't need a whole lot in my life. You know what I mean? I don't need a yacht, a jet. <laughs> I don't need all those big fancy things. Like I just, 
I want the things that every man wants, you know, pretty much. You know, some men want to be having this glorious life. I just want to be able to, you know, raise a family, get married, and have a house. So that's what I'm aiming for. Good goal. And a good, good career, obviously. Good set of goals. And maybe not to be in Wisconsin anymore. Uh, kind of want to go seaside, so somewhere close to the ocean. So are you thinking West Coast or East Coast? Alabama, South, South, Southern probably, towards the South. Or North Carolina, somewhere. I don't know why I like the South so much, man, but I've had that conversation. I just think it's the hospitality down there or something. But So wouldn't you be, like, really concerned about hurricanes? Uh, hurricanes, hurricanes. I'll grab my surfboard and we'll ride the waves like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> At least you're prepared. And SpongeBob can join you. SpongeBob's under the water. He didn't well, worry exactly. About that. So if I get under there, at least I can visit him. <laughs> him, him in his crab shack or whatever. So SpongeBob lives in a pineapple. Oh well, pineapple. Sorry. Tells you how many SpongeBob I watch. I'm just saying the guy's pretty cool. <laughs> He'll be my friend so, in the afterlife. <laughs> looking yeah. at your resume, what would you say is your favorite job that you've had? Hmm. I'm going to get a little bit emotional here for a second. I've had a lot of good jobs, okay? Like, I've worked in a school where I got to help make a difference for kids in their lives recently. Now, this job wasn't because of the job, but it was because of the person that I worked with. Um, that being you, that being at the bank. Um, I've had lots of security jobs, but just I've dealt with a lot of not so good coworkers. Let's just say that much, especially in that field. Like people are just so into themselves or whatever it is, and just there's bad juju sometimes within that field. But it was just nice to connect with somebody and to be able to form a friendship, because most of the time people tell you you don't make friends with your coworkers. Like it just doesn't happen, but it it can and it can and it did. So. Yeah. With the fact that, you know what I mean, I, I'll say that. I've had a lot of good jobs, which I've liked, but I've never, I liked the bank because of you. You made it fun and easier. Like, it was boring as heck. You know that. I know that. Have to sit there and just sit there or stand there or whatever, you know, what's going on would drive me nuts. And it did after you left me, you jerk. But <laughs> <laughs> for a while. But then I left, so we're, we're even. Um, but uh, I guess I am kind of even because I, I, I kind of forgot to tell him that um, they threw me a farewell and and it brought food for me. To yeah, eat yeah, I didn't uh, get that. <laughs> I like I all, just it totally went over my head and I felt so bad. All I got <laughs> was bye. But yeah, no yeah, one, man, they brought me like Rice Krispie. Okay, I'm just gonna shut up now. No like, one cared that I left. Of course, I had been gone for what, like four or five months. <laughs> but it's so funny because, like, at the time, the new bank manager, whoever it wasn't Faisal anymore, it was whatever his name was. But anywho, so he was in there and he's all like, "What's going on?" Like he knew this was happening, and he was like kind of throwing a fit, and they didn't even care. Like. They just did it. They did it in the back room. 
off to the side, and I just thought it was funny, funny as heck, because he was all up in arms, and they just did it, because they knew how much, like, me and you went above and beyond, like, I mean, we made popcorn, I mean, that <laughs> wasn't even in our truck at all, so, but we just did things out of the ordinary, like, you know what I mean, but I thought, yeah, that's answering the call above and beyond, like, our job was security, right? Like, you know, we're just security guards. But we dealt with a really rough area. Think about it. You got the jail, the homeless population. Anything bad could have happened down there at any moment in time, man. At any moment in time. So our job was kind of high risk in a way. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, you've dealt with some things there. I've dealt with some things there. I think I remember one time where the cops showed up. And we were outside or something. And Faisal said... Or whatever he said that one time, but like, I don't know, somebody was trying to do something, but it was just weird. But anyways, that was a long day. But anyways, we dealt with a lot of homeless and stuff. But yeah, I would say that. So what's your favorite number? Hmm, 21. I don't know why. 21. 21. Really? So 21 because Charles Woodson wore it, and he's my favorite Packer. But I just like the number 21 in general, I guess. All right. Favorite color? Ooh. Tar Heel Blue. What shade is that? It's like a blue. I don't know. You'd have to look it up online. It's like the Tar Heel Blue. It's like a blue color. Kind of baby blue. You know what baby blue looks like? Yeah. Similar to that. So a lighter blue? Lighter blue. Tar Heel. Don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, I call it Tar Heel. Like the Tar Heel color. So it's like the color of their... Their school, because I'm a big Tar Heel fan besides Wisconsin, so just like the colors. And again, North Carolina fan. So my, um, some of my family used to live out that way too. So, yeah. Hmm. What else would our listeners like to? Speaking know? about that, on the fact of that, my grandma was a big Duke fan, um, and it was funny because she, um, obviously she's gone now, but Duke and North Carolina played recently, um. In basketball and my brother went to go see him and uh, he was rooting for grandma for Duke and I was rooting for the North Carolina Tar Heels and we kind of had a little wager so he had to pony up the money 10 bucks he had to pay to me because my Tar Heels took down his Duke and grandma's Duke rest your soul but uh, Duke lost sorry grandma but <laughs> <laughs> oh, I completely just disappointed her huh I know yeah she's up there trying to drink her martinis or whatever she loved uh, Bloody Marys. That was her thing. I remember one Christmas, man, I literally got her vodka and Bloody Marys. Or whatever you did to make Bloody Marys. That's, I, I didn't know what else to get her. So it's like, I'm going to get you your, your mix. Yeah, one year I just got her some bloody, you know, some tomato juice and some vodka. Merry Christmas, Grandma. <laughs> Hell of a Christmas. Yeah. She got all toasting, you know. It's all good. <laughs> oh, so is there anything else you'd like to say? I don't think so, unless you got any more for me. Um, thanks for listening. Hopefully you learned a little bit more about our co-host, Mike, yeah. the Lens, Lenzendorf. You learn a lot more, uh, but it would uh, take you two or three days to do that, <laughs> probably. Um, maybe one of these days he'll interview me. I don't know. <laughs> you will. It'll be his turn next time, I think. So, but uh, so thanks for listening. 
as always, if you have any ideas for us uh, to cover during our podcast and episodes you'd like to hear, you can email us at lens.themouse at gmail.com. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.